You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I am here today with the lovely Anna. How are you doing, dear? I'm pretty good today. How are you, Paul? Fantastic. Thank you for asking. Um, Today, we're talking about the other side of gaming, which would be the the hardware side. Um, We wanted to kind of take an episode and just go into anything related to gaming that's not gaming, if that makes sense. When when you like to game without playing a game, this is what you do. You fiddle with emulators and and, uh, old hardware and even new hardware, getting old things to run on. There can be all kinds of issues and problems. Um, It can be a lot of fun with it too, dissecting game resources and things like that. So we just wanted to take a little bit of time and and just kind of scratch the surface of what it is to play old games on new computers and play uh, old games on old computers that you just bought for some reason and... (laughs) Playing with emulators, dissecting game files, etc. So anyway, um, Anna, you were right. There is no way to say that in less than a paragraph. I'm sorry for yelling earlier. I think your paragraph was longer than my paragraph was. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's about right. I mean, back in the day, sometimes I wanted to play a game and I couldn't. Or I wanted to play a game and I did, even though I shouldn't. And my computer wasn't ready to handle it. But, you know, remember patience and limited resources back in the day. And Sometimes nowadays I want to play a game from back then and I can't for other reasons. So I have to get a whole new, say, computer or use an emulator. So there's a lot to it. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's it, this kind of thing comes up a lot on, on all the Facebook pages and groups and, and such and, and on Twitter and things like that. You, you, know, you see people reaching out for help quite often on on. Yeah, you know how to how to basically just get these games to to run, or or maybe they found an old computer in their parents' basement, and you know they they want to fire it up, or or they want to know how to run like the Roland uh, MT32 ROMs in in Scum VM, um, mm-hmm. or even DOSBox. Um, so anyway, I think since since we both have experience with all these kind of different things, we we could just I don't know get into it, make this um, maybe this will be somewhat informative for once after 120 <laughs> whatever episodes. <laughs> No guarantees, no refunds. Well, back originally, we got our first computer. It was an Atari uh, TR-64, so that was like an 81 or 82, and and all it really needed to do was run a few super basic uh, arcade games and stuff. I didn't have to worry about compatibility. Whatever we had would work on it. (laughs) Uh, but then we went we went a little bit more forward. We went to the Commodore PC-10-2. So uh, it didn't have its own hard drive when we first started up, and it had an amber monochrome screen, and it was slow, and it was amazing. <laughs> it didn't seem slow then. I mean, now if I was to play it, I'd be like, oh, boy. <laughs> but, like, yeah. the games were so much easier to play, I think, because it was slower, too. It would run slower. The games were slower. You had more time to think about things. There was advantages. Yeah, well, you know, you bring up a good point about the computer being slow. I was just thinking about this the, uh, the other night. Um, so I, I, I guess to give some context for, for those listening, um, as opposed to watching, I guess I don't I don't know why I say that sometimes. Like this is a you know, I just well, we say do go on YouTube occasionally. I don't know if this one's worth going on YouTube, but occasionally we do find ourselves up there. <laughs> yeah, go give us our third YouTube like. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> really, really haven't figured that platform out. Um, <laughs> 
to give some context, so so I've I've got a kind of a bunch of old computers. Um, uh, IBM has w one of their ba uh, headquarters, not the headquarter, but one of them in the states here is is in Boulder, where where I live. Um, and so I got lucky where I, I came across uh, twelve or sixteen old PCs. Um, <laughs> I, I had given given a, a nice gentleman at the thrift store a heads up that you know. I know you guys have to toss these or recycle them, but if you get anything, keep them. And he's like, you know, what do you mean by old? I'm like, beige. If it's beige, don't throw it away. <laughs> call me. <laughs> and so one day I get a call, and, and super long story short, I'm saying all this just to say that, that that's what gave me my experience with, with old computers. So I went through, like, this phase where I was really obsessed with operating systems. Um, uh, I, would, I would install kind of basically every operating system that I could. And um, I, I kind of came to the conclusion that, that Give or take, heavy on the give side, but still, the computers in 95 running 95 hardware and 95 OS and, and a 95 game, it doesn't. It feels like a computer today, like like, mm -hmm. and, I, and I think it almost comes down to like we we reach the we reach the capacity of our hardware immediately, you know, hence mm -hmm. that kind of instant um, uh, where things are uh, what's that bloody word. Uh, obsolete, there we go, mm -hmm. kind of immediately, because it's like, I don't know, running a computer from 95, it just, it doesn't feel slow. Like, yeah, I mean, the actual startup maybe takes a couple more seconds than starting up mm -hmm. modern Windows or Mac, but it's like, other than that, you know, folders open and close at the same speed, and I don't know, it's kind of weird. I, I guess I'm just trying to say I really expected old computers to just run slower than they do, but it's like, <laughs> the hardware that they have is so simple, it's, it's, it's pushing them gently, and I don't know. I, yeah. I feel like I should just cut that whole thing out. <laughs> it was kind of true. I'm I'm currently my old computer and what I've decided to use the most for my uh, retro gaming when I want to play right off the disc straight up is uh, an AMD Athlon 850, which I guess you could probably compare most to a Pentium 3. Okay. Uh, so it's got like 320 megabytes of RAM. And it's got its CD-ROM and 40 gigs of disk space. So it, it's half decent. Now I'm running uh, Windows XP Service Pack 2. Although technically, if I hook it up to the internet again, I might, or maybe stick in a stick, upgrade it to Service Pack 3 for compatibility. But right, uh, right now it runs 90% of my LucasArts games, and I still use DOSBox on it mostly to run my older games. Okay, and so that's a, that's a good starting point for for uh, to to give our, our listeners some structure, at least a little more than last week. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, let's let's kind of start there. So so I would say, in my opinion, that the, the XP machine is probably the best way to go for the majority of, of listeners for for eighty ninety percent. Yeah, and uh, it's. It still can hook into the internet, but you do have to get your uh, your pin connectors <laughs> for the for the uh, the older computers. But it's so close to new; like literally, we have it sitting on the desk with our one machine that still runs Windows Seven and our other one that runs Windows Ten. And on some games, you can barely tell them apart, like Panzer General. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, XP's XP's a great a, a great environment because it's like you said it. A lot of the emulators still work on it, like like DOSBox and Scum. Um, so mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of like a failsafe where, where you, 
if it if it won't, and I know the point of using an, or buying an old machine is is obviously not to <laughs> use an emulator, but but the good people at ScumVM, uh, the latest 2.2 release has a Windows 9X version for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> which I just love that it's just a because we could sort of thing, but but XP is great because the the hardest games to run. Probably then and now, but especially now w- was like, and this is my opinion, would be like ninety eight to like oh three. Mm. Oh God, like yes. Yeah. And I mean that that's outside of like the beginnings of registration and one code things and other things that started popping up around that time. Yeah. Like, oh, somebody's played this already. Oh, you might as well brick it now. Because <laughs> if you can't connect to this, you can't play that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it was, uh, and I guess a, a lot of it is probably, probably down to to the how how young 3D was, I suppose. And, you know, Polygon engines. You know, I imagine they, they put a lot of strain on things. But yeah, it's it, it's even today. That's the that's kind of the gaping hole in emulation. Is is there's still a pretty big struggle to get certain just yeah late 90s, early early 90s CD-ROM kind of games to work. It's it's tough and. I mean, if anybody listening is in that exact situation right now, it, it's the the best way to probably go is is a virtual machine, which mm-hmm. they're amazing, but they they can, they can be a pain in the butt to put together. Like I, I had recently thrown <laughs> together, um, okay, it was called PC Emulator or PC EMU. It, it's it's not the PC Engine. Em- the, basically, there's two with the same name, and I'm not talking about the more popular one, which is on like the Android store and things like that. That, that emulates the PC Engine. This this was an early DOS emulator, um, and but long story short, it was, it was just really tough to build and to put together. So, it's it's you, you got to commit to it, but it's not hard. It, it's just it's just a lot of instructions, but they're all easy instructions. So you look at this daunting list of like twelve things, thirteen things to do with file pass, and it's just like, ooh, this this looks like writing code. I'm not going, I'm not going to do this, but it's like, at the end of the day, it's just, you just read line one, do what it tells you, read line two, do the thing. And after 12 steps or whatever, your, your thing's installed. So it's, it's not that bad, but, but anyway, modding versus putting in a patch back in the day, you could just drop in a patch, but nowadays you have to like mod the EXE and write things in and drop lines in places. And it's just slightly more complicated, although still very feasible if you just follow instructions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just, just, just take it one, one instruction at a time. Um, I will say for for Macintosh or for Mac users, uh, I'm switching to the the modern Mac. Um, Parallels is an, is an awesome tool. It's it's um, not cheap. I think it's like sixty dollars a year. Um, but I mean, I get enough use out of it to to justify that. I, I guess that's the only way you can look at it. And, and if it's something that makes sense for you, then it does great. But long story short, it's if if you're cool with paying it, it's really simple, really easy interface. You just need the you just need the the ROMs, you know, the the disk images, whatever. Um, and you can run, you know, I've got on my desktop now. I've got Windows XP, I've got Windows 98, and I've got DOS 7. Uh, 0.10 so it's and that's all on the Mac so I think I think it's a little easier for Mac users to do the virtual machine thing just because of parallels you know there's 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 no like daunting you know uh, it's I don't know it's a nice GUI it's really simple you just like drag and drop your uh, CD-ROM image or your disk image into it and it it whips up a a system for you and you're kind of done so that is nice 
Yeah, I'm unfamiliar with that one. All I've really used, like, I've used DOSBox since ever, since, like, always, because I found that the DOS that came when Windows 7 first came kind of sucked, because, like, every other Windows had a DOS in it that was a little bit more DOS-like, but then Windows 7 came out, and it wasn't actually DOS-like. It was like a virtual DOS in a different way. I can't, I don't know the technical details on it, but it wasn't the same. And then I only started using Scum VM probably about three, two, three years ago as the, the library's been expanding quite a bit, too. Yeah, yeah, quite dramatically. Yeah, and they, they just, uh, kind of side note, that ScumVM just merged with Residual VM, which was like their sister uh, engine. Uh, Residual was, was just, uh, their 3D, the, the, the 3D version of Scum was Residual VM, and, and it doesn't run much. It runs like uh, uh, Grim Fandango and Longest Journey and like one or two others, but the... Cool. I, I thought it was neat that I, I just read a month ago or so that, that they merged together. So from now on, you can just run everything in Scum, which is kind of how it <laughs> should be, especially when Residual only had like three or four games. But Before we switch gears to that, I did want to say if I was to have a, a holy trio or maybe, okay, quadruple, what would you call it? The holy four, because I want my Windows 10, my Windows 7, my Windows XP as I'd love to have a 486 again because that's, that's what I moved away from home with. And it would be cool to mess around with some Roland stuff too, putting it in there. I had the just, you know, a sound blaster, of course, when I had it, when I moved out. But that, that I think, would really be the perfect uh, mix of computers. Yeah, that, no, that's, a, that's a really good one. I, I'm, uh, as, as our mate Rick had kind of given me advice when I was looking around for, for, an old, for my first old computer, and he's like, you know, I... I personally would probably grab like a Pentium 2 or, or 133 mm -hmm. or 166. Um, but, mm -hmm. but he's like, knowing the games that you like, you'd probably just, just a 486 would be good. So for me, I think yeah. 486 would be essential because I, 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 my favorite games really are the, the, the mid-late 80s to, to like 91 or 2. Um, perfect. Yeah, for, and for my 486 was still relevant when I moved away from home in 1995. I took it with me and it ran King's Quest 4. Of course, no problem. I'm sure it would have run five, I think. Well, it didn't yeah. have a CD-ROM, but yeah, and even just the CD, drive. even mm -hmm. the CD, because I've recently, as as you know, played the the first uh, six King King's Quest in, in like a I don't know, couple month period of time, and I played them all on the 486, and it had uh, no issues, surprisingly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that's that where all my nostalgia lays, because I think I probably used that right up until I was about 20 or 21 before I got my first wee little Pentium. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and that would be my number two. I'd, I'd, so I'd say 486, and then I'd say Pentium. I don't know. I I kind of, I do like to err on the older side. I don't know why. It just makes life more difficult for me in the end. But but I, I, <laughs> I'm more tempted to say, like, grab, like, a Pentium 166. But I, I think for the most of the users, you should, I would say Pentium, or listeners, sorry, most of the listeners, I would say, like, Pentium. Pentium 2 would probably be the kind of, mm -hmm. my pick for, like, the ultimate, retro machine if you were to buy an old one because it's mm -hmm. it is going to struggle with like the 98 through early noughties obviously anything upwards but it is going to struggle with that but other otherwise it's going to play everything you know up until 99 ish like really mm -hmm. well you know you, you can fall back on older dos games um especially if you put like windows 98 on it and you could just you know restart in in dos or there's neat little tricks mm -hmm. where you can that's probably that's a bit too nerdy. I won't go that that rabbit hole. But but yeah, anyway, you could have you could have a lot of fun with it. And I will say too, but I guess before I forget, when it comes to old machines, is the 
what's made it really rewarding and fun for me is that was the fact that you can now use SD cards for hard drives. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's, it, it changes everything. Cause it's, it, not only the, the amount of hard drive that you have and, and things like that, but also that you can just swap them out. Like it's, there's something really cool about it. I think that's why I got so into the operating systems. Cause it was like, I can just turn it off, pop out this SD, put in this one. And now it's running, uh, you know, windows 98 and, and now it's running windows 3.1 and now it's, uh, running, uh, IBM OS two and warp three and warp four. And, and I was just having a blast with it to, to where I was even installing, um, the next operating system, um, which was uh, is really the foundation for the for the modern Mac OS X, um, mm-hmm. the the, uh, the next next operating system was like you know when when Steve Jobs he he made the next computers he made the next OS let's say obviously not just him and um, when he went back to to Macintosh he 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 brought that with him and the, and so Mac OS nine and Mac OS ten Mac OS ten is more like uh, the next operating system than it is like OS nine. There we go. That was mm-hmm. somewhat neat and tidy. Um, for for like you know, I was statistically speaking for the twenty Macintosh user users that are listening to us, to my fellow <laughs> Mac users. Um, There's others out there, I'm sure. I just don't know any. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, uh, Chad Armstrong, if you're listening, mate. There we go. Uh, that's somebody who knows more than I do on the subject, so it's not even useful to him. But <laughs> there you go, mate. There's things you already knew. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I'll I'll wrap that up by saying, especially being being a Macintosh user, is that the, the Macintosh operating systems aren't tied up in in the legalities of the Microsoft ones. So, you know, it's kind of a gray area as far as downloading Windows 98, for example. Well, mm-hmm. a key for one. Um, because it's you know it's not technically released, but they obviously don't really care. Whereas with with Apple, and and I could be wrong or not wrong, but I could be slightly, I could have my facts jumbled. But I think the, it's safe to say the basic assumption that I have is that their operating systems, you know, they never they've never cost anything because they've always come with their their hardware. Um, mm-hmm. And then so to this day, I, I believe, and I did check this before we recorded that you you can grab like Macintosh System Seven from their website to this day. You can just go download it. Um, mm-hmm. So that makes emulating old Macs a lot easier. So long story short, if you were to Google Columbia and Macintosh and emulator, Columbia Macintosh emulator, if you Google that, you'll come across a, a page from the Columbia University website, and it's got downloads for Windows and for Mac of a, of a OS 9 and an OS 8. No, I'm sorry, OS 9 and an OS 7 emulator for Macintosh. And it's amazing because you, you just download it and it unzips and, and you just click it and it, it, it works. It's just there. Like, it's it's awesome. There's no, you don't need ROMs, you know what I mean? You don't need any, like, you know, we don't supply that here because of legality, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just, you just download it and you just open it up and all of a sudden you're in OS 7 or OS, or yeah, OS 9. Um, and that's really cool for the Macintosh users. So you can you can fire up your old Mac games nice and easily by going to that website. Well, I wanted to be a hip to the Macintosh, so I pulled out like one of maybe two or three Macintosh games that I have, and I've got Police Quest 1 here, and I said, well, what's this box going to teach me? And it teaches me uh, that it will work on an Apple IIe or an Apple IIc, uh, 128K required, and that's it. That's oh, and it. a joystick is optional. I don't, And, and then I, I went on the inside, and everything else is exactly the same as my version. 
And we, we touched on that last week, but I, I really love the, the Mac, uh, the, especially I should say the Apple, like this, the Apple 2GS versions of, of the Sierra AGI games. They have the coolest palette. They're, they're so bright and saturated. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, they just have like a little more life into them. But again, I, I, I grew up with, with Apple stuff. Like basically my home, we switched to, to PCs in like 94, well, probably 95, I guess, <laughs> with, mm-hmm. with Windows 95 coming out that year. So, so my, my child was kind of split down the middle um, between Mac and, and Windows and such. But, but yeah. Well, uh, yeah, Windows 98, but Windows 98 second edition was always my favorite. I loved that one. I had a really hard time leaving Windows 98 second edition. I was sad. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is. It's 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 still so lovely because I I went through all the hassle of, of building old computers. So so it's like I feel obligated nowadays to play the games on them as mm-hmm. as one should, I guess. Of but course. for me it's more of like <laughs> it's almost like a chore like brushing my teeth and like you play that on the old computer now you bought it you got to own that um <laughs> but yeah there's something so nice about using 98 and hearing the fans and, and things like that so i do i do recommend mm-hmm. if anybody's on the fence about it to, to definitely pick one up and there's some there's some awesome awesome things you can do with 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 sds and installing different operating systems on them and i i learned the the joys of uh ms dos 7.10 which is amazing um because it, it, it allows for, for FAT32 formatting, so you're not stuck with this mm. two gigabyte limit like you would be with traditional mm-hmm. DOS 6.22. Yeah, um, it just can't read anything above it. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so with, DOS, with DOS 7, it, it, there's no limit because it's FAT32, not FAT16, so, so you, can, you can go up to uh, 128 gigs. Um, and there's something really satisfying about that, like just throwing, I put everything I could on that hard, on that, SD card and it was still only like 80, 90 gigs. Like th- I just, I just don't have 128 gigs worth of DOS games. That's impossible. <laughs> um, not literally, but um, but anyway, yeah. Learning about th- <laughs> learning about DOS seven made doing the old computer thing a, a lot more fun. And um, I was lucky enough to grab a, a Roland MT32 like s- five or six years ago because I think th- I think they've gotten in kind of crazy price wise lately. But but it is satisfying. Um, and it's for a smoother transition than usual, even though I've just ruined it by saying that, you can get MT32 stuff working on DOSBox and SCUM as well. So is it, so I'm assuming it's emulated, but like, okay, so sometimes I'm watching people stream a game and they're using the Roland, but it doesn't quite sound the same as what people that are talking about it would say Roland would sound like. Is it generally pretty faithful or how does that side of things work? Yeah, I think I think so. It's um, it's really close. You know, it's really close. Um, and it d- despite the fact that that my, uh, I don't know, pr- personal and professional life revolves around making music and stuff, I I my ears are a little shot. Like I, I have a hard time discerning nuances that some people claim they hear, <laughs> and that's not a critique to them. I'm the same way with food. I just don't mm-hmm. taste the difference sometimes. Or I'm like, mm-hmm. this four dollar pizza tastes equal to or greater than lobster like it just does yeah. I, I don't notice like hints of, of pencil lead or or an oaky finish like I just don't I don't understand all that when, when it comes to to food or music um so I, I wouldn't be the best judge of character to say how close is it I can definitely say it's not a hundred percent but it's definitely good enough I mean you're playing the game too it's not like you're just sitting there like judging the sound quality you know, like you're, you're reading text and, and engaging in a game and solving puzzles. It, it's pretty hard to focus in enough on the music to discern that it's not close enough for your liking or whatever. 
yeah, I think it's I think it's close enough. It's it's definitely impressive, and I know they've made it better um, through mm -hmm. the years. I'm, I'm not sure there's been an update recently, but it's there there has been updates. You know, they're definitely making attempts. And also, when I say they, um, I'm referring to Munt. So f f for those of you who, who don't know or are curious and you want to get Roland sound, MT32 sound in, in your games, um, you want to download Munt, um, and it works with um, Mac OS, uh, OS X, as well as Windows, of course. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't need Munt with ScumVM. I should also make that clear, right? You just need the ROMs. Mm, okay. For for ScumVM, you just put the uh, like ScumVM has a has a path called extra. Um, so you, you go into you go into ScumVM's like GUI. And, well, <laughs> you just you just go into Scum. Uh, you go into options. Um, you go. Uh, for some reason, decided to make this literal um, <laughs> as opposed to casual <laughs> explanation. So you you go <laughs> you open Scum. You go into options. You go into paths. Go down to extra path. Make one. Tell the computer where that shiny new folder you made is and name it something clever like scum vm extra or whatever and, and throw your rolling roms in there um the rolling roms they have that legality thing so we can't tell you where to get them or post but it's it's not hard to find them right mm -hmm. yeah google's been awfully helpful so yeah exactly i mean i use bing because i'm an mm -hmm. animal but uh <laughs> crazy man i didn't think anybody actually did that is that okay to put on the air i use bing because i'm a sociopath uh <laughs> no I, I don't use bing it's horrible actually oh, i've been thanks. forced I to i was worried for you <laughs> i was just forced to the other day because it, it automatically launched edge or some so it, it, and i typed one thing in and it sure enough did not find me what i was looking for i was like how are you well, still you it's like that. It takes over, and I ended up having to go in and, and, you know, give it the path to take via file type, and it wouldn't let me use Chrome to open any PDF because it's having compatibility issues, so now I'm using Opera for the files for all PDFs. Otherwise, it was trying to open Edge, and then if you talk to Cortana, it tries to open Edge and, you know, not actually talk to her, but it doesn't matter what you do. It just opens Edge all the time. Yeah. It edges in there repeatedly. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that OneDrive, it's, it's yeah, relentless. <laughs> disable cannot disable disable gotta go into reg edit <laughs> <laughs> they should they should take a look in the mirror too because i think from speaking to people i gather that, that most people are not using edge maybe using chrome and, and not using OneDrive, but using dropbox so i, I don't think mm -hmm. it's working mm -mm. um anyway so I, I was basically just saying that the scum vm Using Roland is super easy. You just got to find the ROMs. It's it's not that hard. You're looking for um, a PCM and and a control ROM as far as keywords. Mm -hmm. So you would just type in like mm -hmm. MT32 PCM ROM and then MT32 control ROM, and and you'll you'll find them. We have faith in you. I believe in you. Unless it's <laughs> illegal, in which don't do it. And we told you not to. What are you thinking? Yeah, you should have your own copy and and use your own ISOs that you've created from your own disks. Yeah, exactly. And and. You know, you can only you only you can prevent forest fires as well. So <laughs> just take that with you. Um. <laughs> well, I always used to equate Scum VM with the LucasArts games, and then the DOSBox with the Sierra games. So initially, I had it all very separated out. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Oh, I'm trying to think if I ever did the same thing, even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, because I think when I discovered Scum, 
I think it was, this could be totally wrong, but I think it was like version 1.8 and, and it was the first version to support, maybe not the first to support SCI, but it, it, it greatly expanded the, the, their Sierra catalog. Maybe it was 1.7, 1.7, 1 1.8, like it kind of quadrupled the amount of games that they supported Sierra-wise. And that was kind mm -hmm. of like the first time I heard about it. So I think I went right into Scum for the Sierra stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense now. I mean, I can see it now. I just, well, okay, I'm trying to find a system that'll run a game that I have that I've never been able to get to run. That's the Gene Machine. It's a, the Great British Adventure. So it's it's a game. It's on CD-ROM. I'm just looking at the box here, and I'm trying to see what the actual, uh, what it's looking for. But I'm pretty sure it's a, uh, let's see, there it is. Uh, yeah, looking for MS-DOS 5 or greater. CPU at least a 486. So it's kind of right at that turning point where games were starting to come out on CD, but it was still pretty new. And you said you're not able to get that one to run? Never been able to. I've tried it on all the computers that I have, and I've tried it in emulation software and DOSBox, and it, I can get it to run, but I've never been able to get it to, to fully run. I've been able to get to, like, the title screen, and that's about as far as I've been able to get. Huh. And I'd like to play it. It actually looks very pretty for a game. It's like, I don't know if any of you have ever seen a show called George Shrinks. I think it's another British cartoon, but it's kind of in that style. Really cartoonish. I'm guessing you've never even heard of it? No, I haven't. I was just looking it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Google that one. It's it's adorable. Well, it's funny. This came up when when we were doing the the little horror series a few months ago. Um, the the the, uh, the game that you had recommended, Black mm -hmm. Stone, mm -hmm. Brownstone. Nope, that's <laughs> the song Blackstone. The Chronicles. Yeah. Right. So it's not Brownstone and it's not Blackwell. <laughs> it's that thing in the middle. So mm -hmm. uh, I I. Was, I think it was uh, it was it was in in our in our uh, host chat, but I was I was going back and forth with Rick about uh, get, you know getting it to work on on his side of things because um, again it's it's that weird ninety you know the, I, I Windows ninety eight has it, it could really use its own emulator in a sense mm -hmm. yeah, there's mm -hmm. there's a like if people have a problem with a game it's usually a ninety eight operating system game maybe windows me but like most people didn't even bother you know i think trying that one um but yeah again just that that really weird period where it is it is hard to point people to things for that because again besides virtual machines which you know are, are either ex uh, cost money or a pain in the, in the dick to set up um not a literal one Oof. i don't know why i do mm. that why would i make everyone go back to that thing that i regretted saying <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, and I have even even on on Mac OS X, there's there's a Windows 95 emulator, but like it doesn't let you uh, import like files. Like it's it's really hard to find just you know something for Windows 98 era games that won't play. Um, mm -hmm. You can install Windows 98 into DOSBox. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's not again, it's not hard. It's just, a, it, it, it's a particularly long list of instructions <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and a bit of like uh, a treasure hunt as far as finding drivers for things. And it's, yeah, that's a pain in the, the dick as well, actually. Mm -hmm. It really is. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's, there's no easy way. If you really want to play a 98 game, you can definitely do it, but it's, it's, it's going to take an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've had the most trouble with that area. Even with my LucasArts collections, it's like some of them will work and some of them won't. Like, for example, I was able to get Day of the Tentacle working, but Sam and Max gave me a lot of trouble. 
even though it's out of the same LucasArts collection. Hmm. Right, right. That's interesting, too. Yeah, for no good reason at all. But I've never really been at the point where I've wanted to play games that I haven't technology to play up until the last five years when some of the newer games come out and I'm like oh that looks interesting but like they're for really really new games but as far as like pre what I actually like in games which is kind of like pre-96 mostly I've never come across too many problems even when I was younger because my mom was a computer graphics artist so we generally have a computer that was able to run what I needed it to be running right Right. Although we didn't get our, I think we got our very first uh, color monitor. Oh gosh, when was that? 1990. And then shortly after that. It's, that's funny you bring that up too, because I've. So do you have, do you have a memory of like? Well, actually, I think you've you've told us before uh, with with Day of the Tentacle. So maybe besides that, do you do you have a game that you just weren't able to to get through because of the hardware? Yeah. Uh, um, sort of, not-ish. Yeah, Day of the Denticle, it just crashed at the end, and I don't know why. And even after reinstalling it and replaying it again, uh, it wasn't able to get oh, through it at the then. end. And I don't know if that's hardware. I know playing King's Quest V things were uh, quite slow to load. Like that little scene where it's got a little insignia and it loads the screen up took probably a solid three minutes. Like things were slower for loading, but like the gameplay itself, I was never into games that had frame rates that would have affected that right right yeah it's interesting that just made me think of a random because at king's quest 5 for me it wouldn't it wouldn't run uh mt32 sound for me and i, I went oh. digging and i found out that you have to use um you have to use a weird sound driver in the resource mm -hmm. file called i don't remember now it's thunder something so <laughs> that's that's not hard that's easy to remember because it's it's Seems oddly out of place for an, a name of a sound card driver, but uh, mm -hmm. yeah, th Thunder. I don't know, Thunder something. Th there's there's definitely a driver for that, and for whatever reason, that makes the MT32 work on King's Quest Five. In case you know anyone out there ever runs into that issue, but that made me also remember like Space Quest Six had this. Uh, a lot of Sierra games had this issue where they would quit citing that it was missing resource nine nine nine. Yeah, that, like does Quest for Glory Four had a critical error number. 52 or something and a few other ones but i think the 999 yeah i remember something about that you, just, you certainly had a lot of crashing in general and people would say oh man that was a pain in the button yes but it's like even now when i'm playing any classic games on like gog or whatever say heroes of might and magic it'll still crash right yeah yeah exactly yeah they definitely just because you bought it you know or sold commercially doesn't <laughs> mean you're safe um, yeah, it's just and they and they crash good too. Like back in the day, there was usually a way you could control all delete or restart or do. Sometimes now even it'll crash so bad, I can't do nothing but restart the computer. And then of course all our lives they're like never just restart the computer. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a great point. Yeah, they in the day when they crashed, it was it was spectacular. That's they're much more eloquent about it nowadays. You know, they they, they let <laughs> you know something's gone wrong and you can close it and tell on them by sending a report and. Things like that, but back in the day, you were probably doing a hard reset. Which I never do, because I'm like, I ain't no rat. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. I, I I don't know why I don't, and I think you just no. exposed it to my subconscious. Yeah, I'd be like, what? I own a snitch on this game? This game's been there for me, man. You've been Windows. Okay, okay, fine. We've been running games on you, but we've had a problem with you since the beginning. So, <laughs> like... 
Frankly, you've always been a bit dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad about leaving DOS. I've said this on the podcast before, and I'll say it again. I held a grudge for a very long time, and I was very stubborn. And even when games are like, I can run in DOS or I can run in Windows, I'm like, DOS. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Every time. I know. Oh, I use that. <laughs> That's so true. I mean, like, well, for me, though, it was Revenge Against Macintosh, partially, because I'm like, you people and your clickety-click pictures. <laughs> <laughs> icons can't even type <laughs> i had a friend in grade five she had a macintosh computer too and i remember thinking that like oh yeah you you people with your pictures and you're clicking <laughs> but then it came out and i was like there was pictures and there was clicking and i'm like damn it <laughs> listen i know i said some crazy things back there but uh <laughs> <laughs> I swear I didn't mean it. Ah, no, don't crash on me, baby. Don't crash on me. But no, I never heard Roland, speaking of Roland, uh, growing up at all on anything. Up until recently, I've been watching some of the streams online with uh, Dan Policar. He does some streams online on the Roland MT32, and it's beautiful, beautiful instrument. Oh, and it sounds so grand. Like playing through King's Quest IV with a Roland sound, it's, it's just a whole nother game. It's, it is it is incredible ambiance. It is really really warm. I, I, we might mm -hmm. the best way I could I would personally describe MT32 sound. It, it's it's very very warm and and filling. It really just mm -hmm. fills the room up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it sounds amazing. Because yeah, like I said, I didn't get mine till about 1990, and then the Sound Blaster was just on the one computer, and the computer I was using just had a PC speaker. So for most of the original Police Quest games and and King's Quest games and that, that's all that I had was the PC speaker. And then of course, when my mom got the fancy Sound Blaster, and I'd get games like King's Quest V, I'd just have to wait till she wasn't working, and then I was able to sneak it in there and get some game time on. <laughs> that's awesome that's great i yeah i, I, I always was was third in queue to my to 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 my dad and my older my older brother um mm. you know it, it reminded me too I, I forgot from a second ago i I'd mentioned that 999 fail i should i should say too to anyone listening if you come across that or uh yeah i going forward uh, at least with space quest 6 I, instead of running just sierra run sierra with the switch, and the switch would be uh, zero. So run Sierra. No, sorry. The switch is is O. So mm. you would type in Sierra space, uh, the s and then the switch O. So so a switch would be a dash O, right? Mm -hmm. I probably should add that. Yeah. So you do Sierra space dash O, and for some reason, it just magically works. Like it'll kick you out of the game, saying, you know, critical error resource nine 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 missing. But if you just do it again with 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 that switch, uh, it works. Don't know why. Interesting. It's like, oh, there it is. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, not really, but okay. Maybe it's like the equivalent of holding, holding its hand on the way into school for the first time. You know, it's just like, yeah, I just needed to know you'd be there for me. Yeah, I care about you. I'm not going to go get drunk while you're at school and then have a nap on the couch. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and then and then tell you how you had such a long adulty day when you, when they were at school. You know, parents were <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. oh, I had to do taxes and then this and that. It's like, really, though? Because your room smells like a skunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your room smells like my bedtime. <laughs> I mean that because the kid's gone to bed and that's what the parents are doing, not because the kid smokes weed at bedtime. But I yeah. should explain myself there. <laughs> 
We're just we're just having fun with words, people. <laughs> just just words said on a rock that's floating in space. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Um, oh, another thing I mentioned earlier, I, f- I forgot to to f- to finish up was the the game game that infamously crashed for me growing up was Normality. I was really oh. into that game. I really liked mm-hmm. it, and I was having a lot of fun with it. And I don't know, this, you know, I was like ten years old. This memory is is literally twenty six years old, so I don't really remember details. I just know that. That math is wrong for my age, too, first of all. And second of all, <laughs> I'm new to being 37, so I, I, didn't, I didn't adjust that. Anyway, um, yeah, it was. Ne- I, I just know it was really close to the end, and I never got to finish it. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't massively popular, though I'm sure a lot of people heard of it, I somehow have managed to not have it spoiled to this day, so mm-hmm. I really should probably hurry up and go play that game and experience the ending once and for all before it's yeah. ruined. You should. You finish that one. I'll start the gene machine and finish Day of the Tentacle, and we can talk about that sometime. Yeah. Like, hey, here's the ending. <laughs> Only poor thing. You've you've literally got like I don't know, like 45 seconds of tentacle left. <laughs> You're just so mm-hmm. close to the end. It's not fair. <laughs> I know. I said at this point, maybe I should just be watching a YouTube walkthrough. But you know, the joy of playing a game again. There's always that, and I and I'll load it up on my exactly. uh, my AMD 850 there. So. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Because I, I and I think I've shared this at least with you, probably on the po- the podcast. But the similar thing happened to me with with Last Crusade. So I, I know what it's like to like y- you play it all over again, and it does work, and then it literally ends twenty seconds later, where it's like, oh mm-hmm. boy, that was a lot of work to get those twenty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Was it worth it though? Was yeah. it? <laughs> Well, I have I have memories of finishing most games I played as a kid. I'm pretty sure, like I said before, at least one time all the way through. So I'm always kind of surprised surprised when I play a game as an adult and I don't remember the very end. And I'm like, did I blank it out because I remember everything else, or did I like literally stop this close to the ending, or what the heck happened yeah. here? <laughs> yeah, no, I had the same issue too. I- <laughs> But we, we, it kind of was exposed when we were talking about Mario Brothers because I, I, I knew the ending once it was explained to me, but I, I completely forgot it. It did. That Mario Brothers episode uh, got me to play more Mario Brothers, and then I was like, here's my question. Do I hook up my Nintendo and play my original Mario 1, 2, and 3, or do I do it the easy way because there's continues and saves and you lose a little bit if you want to mess around with the game and do the Super Mario All-Stars, and I ended up going with the Super Mario All-Stars. So we've been playing that for the last two weeks. Okay, so so help help me understand being being a primarily you know adventure kind of gamer person or whatever. That's a weird thing to say, I guess, but it had it had to be said because I had to, to, to say that I don't play many console games and things like that. So the question is, is there is there some sort of like the feeling that that I would get from playing a game on an old PC is is kind of like enhanced by the fact that like you can hear the computer's fan and you you mm-hmm. can you know. It it kind of comes alive, and <clears throat> you know maybe maybe like a, a bright green or red one you know one six six or six six pops up from the the LCD thing telling you your your mm. CPU size. Like it just it has like a keep talking like a, to me, baby. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the good stuff. It 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 it's, it's it has this appeal of like nice furniture in a sense. You know the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can you get that out of a console? Like, what is the answer to that question? Would you play it on? What would you gain from playing it on the actual NES? Ah, my fun little tricks that I can show off to people. Like the little the little hacks where you can make yourself go from 
when you get the uh, the dragon at the end of the level and you're big, but he makes you small, but you're actually still big, and then you're in opposite lands where you can have firepower when you're small, and you can't do it on remake. I have a hard time getting all those like crown ball extra lives in World Three One in the remake, but I can do it in the original. So you keep getting extra lives and then you just stop right before you die. So some of those little tricks, uh, I find the dynamics are a tiny bit different. It's a little bit floatier uh, on I it, see. but I find two to be really, really authentic. There's not a lot of differences in two. One is the one that is probably the most different. Interesting. Okay. So, so em emula emulation, def definitely you can feel a difference in one emulated. I can see a difference in those what are they called the bugs i do like exploiting bugs especially when i was a little kid i spent a lot of time learning how to exploit exploit them so it's like when i can't it feels like i'm missing a part of the game right right yeah yeah i get that okay because at, at first i was like there's there's no way i could i could see using an actual nes instead of emulate you know and again I'm, I'm not as madly passionate about this stuff as, as the other you know, as, P as PC adventure games, but regardless, I was kind of thinking I couldn't see playing it without a save feature. But now I'm kind of thinking, and, and let me know if this appeals to you or, or whatever. But like the idea of the fact that if you played it on a real NES and you walked away and somebody pressed your button, or if the power got turned off, or the fact that you can't save it, like does that provide some sort of like maybe like a rush, a little dopamine kick, like knowing like I, you know, if I die, like I'm. I'm, you know, I gotta start all over again. Really Could makes you try harder. You know, when you do the stupid thing where you just run off the five times a row and you're laughing because you know you can continue. That doesn't happen. Right, right. So it, yeah. I could see it being possibly, I guess, more fun on, on an original because you you can't. Just more intense, I guess. <laughs> more intense. Like, for example, I, I had to exploit that the trick to get all the extra lives by jumping on the turtles on the steps because otherwise I wasn't good enough to finish the game. Like, if I just had to play it with the normal amount of lives that you're only supposed to have, I wouldn't have beat Bowser because I kind of, I'm not that great. Level 8's pretty hard sometimes. Or World 8. Yeah, and I've most definitely never made it there on my own. Before. Right, so the only reason that I can finish the game is because of the continues on the new version because I can't exploit the game in the same way. Right. Oh, that's pretty cool. That is a totally different dynamic to anything computer games have really had to worry about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've really emulated only that side of things recently so you know putting roms into things shifting stuff around converting what one thing can do like your psp and making it so it can run games from another system but i also have a big catalog of those games already i have a lot of nes games and other games so i guess that makes it okay right <laughs> yeah yeah it, it totally does <laughs> it's fine <laughs> that, that could it's be because we're not releasing any links right from here so yeah, exactly. I, I, you should, you should definitely go buy the game, and give a horrible company like Activision your money instead of finding <laughs> it on your own. There's our PSA. <laughs> uh -huh. But okay, so talking about emulation, it almost seems like to me I like to spend more time sorting out how to emulate and getting it to work and then emulating it, turning it on, being like, yep, it works. Can I save it? Can I load it? Is it fine? Great. Make it work for the other games. Great. And now when am I going to actually complete the games that I've now figured out I can play? 
Yes. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's it's the joy is really everything but playing the game. This is the, you know <laughs> I, the the theme of the episode, I guess. It's it's how, how to play games <laughs> without playing them, and and this is this is how it is. It is so much fun getting it all set up proper and. And then it works, and you're like, well, let's get, you know, let's take it up one more notch and, and, and get MT32 working, and that works. And, you know, you just get to a certain point where you're like, okay, well, everything works. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and play the game. <laughs> I'm just getting it to work. <laughs> um, but, no, it's a lot of fun, and it's led me down uh, huge rabbit holes with emulators where um, and I'm actually just pulling up my little emulator folder just in case listing them off is, is helpful to anybody. But... Um, so yeah, on, on here we've got an emulator for uh, for Amiga, uh, for Apple II GS, for Atari ST, Mac OS 9, OS 8, OS well, operating 7, and then DOS. So yeah, I mean, I guess if nothing else, if you're looking for something to do, pick your favorite like LucasArts or Sierra title. Um, you know, p take like like Loom or uh, Police Quest One. And go grab Atari, the Atari ST emulator, which is called uh, Heytari Hatari. It's mm -hmm. Atari with an H in front of it. Um, grab that for, for Atari ST. Then go grab um, GS Plus, which is the Apple II GS emulator. Then go grab FS-UAE. Just go grab UAE, which is the um, Amiga emulator. Um, you can grab that Mac one if you want, throw in DOSBox, et cetera. But if you go grab, the, grab those and you get the... the you know, Police Quest 1 or um, whatever hell else I said, Loom, I don't know what I said four yeah, seconds Loom. ago. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and, and just run those through the emulators that you just downloaded. It's it's really oddly satisfying, and you get to see the little differences in, in I mean, sometimes they're actually quite big differences, especially if you go grab, for example, um, like uh, a Macintosh operating system. Go grab, like, System 7 uh, from that Columbia Education website and, and put in, like, Police Quest, and, and it's... It's a huge difference. It's it's super black and white. <laughs> like it, 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 as you've seen recently, Anna, because we were discussing it, it, it's it's not it's not very blended. It, it's just like mm -hmm. white background Lines. with it's yeah white featuring black. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> the the max look was unique, but it's it's fun because you know you can you can run different like filters and such in Scum VM. Um, you know if you tell Scum, hey, this version of of Police Quest is the Atari ST version. It'll make some adjustments, but it's it's not quite radical enough. Like mm -hmm. the, it, it it's like the skin might look kind of more red, or whatever, which would be appropriate. But it, it's it's just not quite like the same as 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 the emulator, which I'm sure in itself is not quite like the same as the machinery. But but the point is, is like scum. It didn't really do it for me, the the filters and stuff. But but when you run them through the actual emulators and you see these games, you're like, wow, this is really cool. And oh my god, the the. Uh, Macintosh version of Space Quest One has has a, a voice in the beginning of it, like w when he comes <laughs> out of the elevator. There's a lady uh, uh, warning him of self-destruction. Like you just find these little weird things that different systems got that yours didn't, and it's it, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. Well, I've been kind of having fun doing that, watching the Space Quest historian do these streams while he does these awesome uh, King's Quest playthroughs that he's been posting online. And, and I get to see all the different versions most recently of King's Quest 4. That's been a lot of fun because I haven't had a chance to check all of them out. Uh. Yeah, Trolls, he, Trolls is, a, is such an amazing, amazing guy with, with, with amazing content. Um, I, I love Trolls in, in a very unhealthy way borderline sexual way and, and I hope you hear that mate uh, 
I think we all do. It's 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 not just his height. It's his space quest knowledge and the vastness of it. Just it titillates all of us. <laughs> yes, and he's got eyes that are like summer's first blueberry. It's 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 amazing. I think they're blue. <laughs> I hope they are. Uh, I'm trying. To, if I'm going to sell this bit we're doing here, they they better be blue. Damn it. Um, no, Trolls is an awesome guy, and like you said, the, the, his content. Uh, he basically is on a roll, as I'm trying to say. Like everything he did last year and, and so far this year has just been like the oh. best things on YouTube where I'm like sad when it's over. Mm -hmm. It's so good because, yeah, he took <laughs> us through all the different versions of, of the Space Quest games and then mm -hmm. he took us, to, you know, showed us all the different things you could do with the debug codes, um, mm -hmm. commands. And yeah, it was so much fun. And that's kind of like the spirit of this episode, right? Is that the fun things you can do just kind of, you know, faffing about in, in old games that you like without playing them. And that, that mm -hmm. and the debug, I mean, we save that for another another time, but that is in the same vein where it's just like, oh, cool, you know, a lot of these Sierra games had debug menus. We'll, you know, let's just go. Yeah, even going back to, like, Suck Blue Frogs and some of the ones like that, that was my very first experience with playing around with debug menus and what happens if you go too far and how can you break the game and, and what things can you do and it doesn't break the game. So I, it was a really cool learning experience for me, seeing some of that backdoor stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I know, like, for example, the uh, codename Iceman beta, um, mm -hmm. which is an amazing story. Go go check out LGR's channel. I'm sure half of you already are aware <laughs> of who he is. But go check out his channel and type in, I don't know, LGR Sierra um, Computer. Code maybe, name, yeah. Maybe, maybe throw in uh, Ken Williams, I think, is in the title of the video. But basically, he, he, he gets a hold of an old PC Junior, I believe it is, um, it's a little late to be a PC Junior, but I think it was. Because right, if Iceman came out, PC Junior would have been discontinued. It doesn't matter. Super nerdy. I, I think it was PC Junior. Again, it doesn't matter. He came across an old computer, um, and in the video, he, he basically struggles to get the computer's hard drive to work. And spoiler, it miraculously does. Like You can hear it <laughs> spinning in his video. You can hear it struggling to spin. Like It just sounds like death, like the death of a machine, just scratching metal and... You know the worst kind of sounds for for a hard drive that you think. All I think all he knew was that it, it came from Sierra. I don't think he knew it was Ken Williams. Maybe he did. Doesn't matter. But turns out it was Ken Williams' actual computer, and and on the hard drive of all things was a rare beta version of Codename Iceman. Um, <laughs> and it was just super cool because the the beta versions for Space Quest Four and Five have been floating around the internet for a long time. Um, literally since since the 80s you know the the whatever boys cracked them and released them or whatever and uh so i don't know some some group of hackers the something boys i think it doesn't matter mm -hmm. but the point is you, you could you could find the space quest betas they've been around forever but like he 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 was the one to introduce the world to the the codename Iceman one kind of live on camera you know struggling to get ken williams's whole computer to work um, but I was saying that full circle so sorry all the all to just say that in that beta you can activate like the um the hotspots or like the walkable areas or something like that. <laughs> so it's like yeah. basically a black screen with like blue silhouettes that show you where things should be and what you can touch. And like you said, behind the scenes, it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that behind the curtain and, and see yeah. what's going on because everything about that side of things is fascinating. Like for them, for people designing games to be able to predict what we are going to do on this side of things just blows me away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's. That's the obsession, <laughs> like we've covered before, play, playing the games over and over again just to find new lines, and that's uh, mm -hmm. so cool. And, and as Trolls uh, had discovered, um, or, or you know, 
made it known uh, broadly that, that cursing at the uh, slot machine in Space Quest will, will works as a cheat. You know, you just you just have to say holy in any curse word, and um, <laughs> and that gets that'll give you th you know three cherries or kind of whatever you want. I think from then it opens up a code that you type it in because I did use it last time I played the game. Um, yeah. It does work, and I didn't know till I found out from you guys, the whole community either. I was just like, oh my god, that would have made my life so much easier. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've I been mean, using... saves coming, but whatever. But Yeah, yeah, that would, that, well, yeah, every Sierra Gamer says saves coming. It's, they taught us to do that. We didn't call it that, though. We just no. called it saving our game because we're not an idiot. Yeah, no, we, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I used the debug mode forever to skip the... Uh, the um, uh, fighter, oh God, what's the uh, the what's the name of the bloody thing that he flies across to the Ulan's flats? Oh, in the the in the Space Quest One, the, the pod the racer thing, right? Is that what it's called? Isn't it just a pod racer? I think it is, but then my brain stopped me and was like, "No, you're just saying the Star Wars thing." But oh. I don't know Star Wars, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know Star Wars either, so huh. This could be the only podcast being recorded right now in the world by two people, neither of which know Star Wars. Yeah, like when I was a kid, I stayed in Toronto at a family member's house. I was about nine years old and, and the kids had moved away from home and they had left all their Star Wars toys and everything at home and their movies. And I watched the three that were available. I guess now that's four or five and six then. And that was the first and only time. And I don't remember a lot. Because it's been a while. Because yeah. I'm old now. Yeah, it makes me, I, 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 the Star Wars thing has come up for me a bit too much lately. I feel the need, like I feel this pressure to explain myself from nobody. <laughs> just because <laughs> it's Star Wars, it's like you know, you just get this leper saying, like, you know. So, do you not like Star Wars because you think you're cool because you don't like Star Wars? Is that what this is? Is this like an ironic thing? <laughs> I'm like, no, it's. <laughs> It's, it's not on I, purpose. I, I just missed it. Like I, I don't know. I was yeah. born. I was born in '83, so like I was a bit young for like when they slash not alive for for you know experiencing them when they just came out, and like you know I didn't care about the third one when I was seven. So like I don't know. I just mm -hmm. missed it. Like I, I, I love Indiana Jones. Like that's the thing I'm weird about when it comes to film. So so was, I, you know, if it's a consolation if you let me off the hook. I like that yeah. other thing Harrison done. Exactly. But yeah, I just miss Star Wars, and then uh, I'll just I'll wrap that up by saying that The Simpsons spoiled it for me, um, <laughs> the ending. I, I remember at a young age, like just yeah, I, I used to watch Simpsons reruns over and over and over again, and mm -hmm. so uh, one of them I must have watched a million times was one where they parodied the the I am your father thing. So it's like I don't know. Once you're like 11, you've never seen Star Wars, and then somebody's like, hey, this is the big twist thing that happens. This is why people, you know, what freaking mm -hmm. out about it. Like there's no there's really no need to watch it, and so I didn't. Mm -hmm. Simpsons uh, kind of does that, though. It paraphrases everything, so you don't need to bother. Just watch The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then this is, I don't know if I should share this on the podcast. Um, so w when I was like, I don't know, 13 or 14 or something like that, uh, I was in Savannah. My brother was going to school at Savannah College of Art and Design, and he's like, this is unacceptable. A brother of mine's not seeing Star Wars. He was born in 75, so he was like the perfect, he was the, you know, the perfect Star mm -hmm. Wars generation mm -hmm. candidate. Um, mm -hmm. And so he made me watch all three of them, I think in a night or two. And I think it was just one night. And that was fun. It was a great memory, except for the fact that I got spooked 
Maybe it was more like 11 or 12. I better back down my age because I'm going to sound like mm-hmm. a wuss in a second. <laughs> oh, I was more like six or seven. It's totally. F- uh-huh. uh, but no, I, I got afraid for a very legitimate reason, actually. And uh, for some reason, this is going to go in the podcast, I guess, unless I cut it, in which case I'm just talking to myself while I edit this. Hi, future Paul. But um, <laughs> the reason I got afraid besides Star Wars was the fact that when I showed up in Savannah that week, um, the FBI came knocking at the door uh, to speak with my brother. And, it, and I went outside with him. And we rounded the corner, and there was all this police tape and such. And it turned out that a, a homeless guy was living in, in the house next to my brother's for, for a long time, and he was luring people into it and killing them. And when, when they knocked at the door that day, in the background was people pulling human bones and remains out of the ground, <laughs> for real. Wow. And so that's why I was afraid, because later that night we were watching Star Wars, and my brother and his girlfriend disappeared, and I was sketched out. For a very legitimate reason, as I've just highlighted. <laughs> that is one hell of a story, Paul. It's a pretty good <laughs> that reason, right? you've just right? told yourself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now I can be back to 13 or 14 or however old I originally said I was. <laughs> mm. um, and so anyway, I, I was watching it. They disappeared in the second or third movie. I got spooked. I went looking for them. And I walked in on her doing a thing for him in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I just don't like Star Wars. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, all around that just the whole experience soured it for you yeah it was, just a, it was a long day the day i finally I, watched all the star wars well you've you've justified it now right picked up several scars yeah 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 no that's okay i mean it's not okay but i'm glad that you feel better now <laughs> all right so we've been going for a while i think it's time we we let the the listeners off the hook here in a minute but before we do do you have anything that you want to want to get out there we didn't get to touch on Well, I'm going to close and say it's surprising which games will play on newer hardware. Sometimes I'll pop in a game and I'll be like, I know I'm going to have to mess with this. There's no way it's going to work. And then boom, it just does work. So don't give up hope. I mean, a game like, say, Ages of Empires 1 or uh, Heroes of Might and Magic, some of those will still run as long as you have a CD-ROM drive. Did you know some computers now don't have those things? Yeah, you got to plug one in separately. The first time I learned that about two years ago, I was super shocked. I'm like, what do you mean there's no cd ROM drive in your computer. <laughs> My son's like, what would I need one of those for? <laughs> like, for the games. He's like, the games in the computer? <laughs> like, oh no, oh God, are, are CDs floppy disks now? Is it <laughs> I've already lived through those becoming old and antiquated. Now i got to live through CDs becoming an old person thing too. Damn it. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So that, that, that's really my closing statement. Um, all right, I'll, 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 I'll end with, uh, the, the, I think the basic recap is that if, if you like adventure games uh, slash Ultima, use ScumVM, it's just super easy. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's DOSBox. Look into the other DOSBoxes. There's one called DOSBox, DOSBox X, which mm-hmm. is uh, a great port of, of the, well, not port, but a, a great version of DOSBox. It's, it's, a, it's really cool. It's a lot of fun. It's got, I mean... I don't know. Saying it's a lot of fun is super generic because I, I kind of spaced <laughs> out there, but <laughs> but it's it's got a lot of extra features like the the integration with MT32 is easier. Um, the normal fork of, of DOSBox is a, it's a kind of a pain with floppies. It doesn't let you um, like load a bunch up and then swap through them like it does with CDs. Um, mm-hmm. So in, installing it's kind of difficult. As a matter of fact, my only YouTube video ever is somewhere out there uh, on YouTube. 
where it's how to install floppy disks uh, on on to uh, in DOSBox because it was something I couldn't find an answer on. Um, and it's <laughs> got like 700 views or something. So so apparently it's 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 a question because it, yeah it's a pain in the ass and even to do it the solution is a pain in the butt. Um, and then the other thing we didn't get time for that I won't go too much into now is is mobile things. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I, w I will say with with Android I know um, ScumVM is is uh, pretty pretty easy to get a hold of. You can go to their website or it's usually uh, in the Google Play Store. I say usually because it's uh, they're a little slow to up the updates happen faster on their website than Play Store or on Play Store mm -hmm. you have to sign up for beta. So it's uh, I think it'd be easier just to go to scumvm.org and download the APK and install it yourself. But um, there's a bunch of options for for DOS. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm familiar with Android, but I don't. I've never really used a DOS box on there. I, I think Magic mm -hmm. DOS box is is maybe a yeah, good it's one. Yeah, Magic DOS box. Yeah, you got okay. it. Awesome. Okay, so yeah, that, that's that's our recommendations. If you're on Android, get Magic DOS box or Scum VM. If you're on iOS, you can get Scum VM um, and DOS box going. Uh, it's easier if you're jailbroken for just everything in general when it comes to iOS. But if you're not jailbroken, um, kind of forget about ScumVM. You can do it. You'd have to pay for a service like iMazing um, that'll, that'll help you sideload things onto it. It's, it's a big, it's an ordeal. If you have like an iPad Pro, one of those nice like 13 inch ones and you really want to do it, it's worth it. But if you're just like, if you just want to do it to do it, it's, it's a lot of work. If you're going to mm -hmm. use it, then it's worth it. But if you're just gonna do yeah. it to see it on your iPad real quick and never use it again, it's it's a lot of work and like $20, <laughs> and, unless you're jailbroken. Now, the one awesome thing about iOS that a lot of people don't know that, that I do wanna share is there's an amazing app out there called iDOS. And I've actually been beta testing it for like five or six years now, um, along with the developer, Cheoji Lee-san. He's a really nice guy. Um, but so for years on the Apple Store, if you had IDOS uh, or looked for something similar, it, it was blocked or restricted. IDOS was, you weren't allowed to really use it. Um, Apple didn't want you sandboxing in the apps. Just a few months ago, the Apple changed their, their regulations. So IDOS works again. So long story short, mm -hmm. if you want to emulate anything that runs in DOS uh, or DOSBox on an iOS phone, it's amazingly easy. Just go into the App Store, Grab iDOS 2. I think it's a dollar or two. Um, the guy works hard. He deserves it, and it's worth it. So th throw him a, chuck him a buck or two. Get iDOS 2. And then you can load apps in two ways. And for iOS users, I'll make this super quick. Um, you can either plug your phone into your computer, um, you go, go to where it displays you know, your, your iPhone stuff. Um, I know that's different. Windows users, you go to, to iTunes. Mac users, you, you go to the Finder. Um, Click on the iDOS app, click on documents, and just dump your games in there, and, and they'll be there. Make sure you name them something DOS-friendly, seven, seven, eight characters kind of deal, um, or mm -hmm. you can do the, the LFN thing. But um, the other way to do it is to take a folder, name it, uh, name it games.idos. Put everything you want in there, put that in your iCloud, and then from your phone, you go into your iCloud, you tap on that folder you created, and it'll just open it automatically in iDOS. So it's really easy nowadays, finally, for, for iOS users to be able to, to play old games. So that's, that's it. That's all I got to say. I, 
Awesome. That's all right. Congratulations to you guys. It's always been a little bit harder. You know, you go into the store and I'm like, oh man, look at all these games. These are great. Hey, what's this shelf over here that only has three games on it that are twice as expensive? Oh, honey, <laughs> that's the uh, that's the Apple shelf. Oh, but the games look the same. Uh, yes, but it's for the apples. It's for the apples, and I assure you they're not the same. These Apple games crash a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's other differences. But, yeah, all right. Well, thanks for uh, listening to us ramble on in our, our nerdy ways today. I, I hope that uh, some of you are nerdy enough to enjoy it and maybe are even nerdier than us and can tell us stuff that we don't know about and, uh, and uh, emulators maybe that we don't use yet. In the meantime, you can find us online. We're on Facebook as a page and a group, Classic Gamers Guild. We're on Instagram, CGG Podcast, or even on Twitter. Send us a tweet if you like, at CG Guild. Uh, if you're not into that, how about an email? Or you could send us a tweet and an email. But we're at mail at classicgamersguild.com. I want to say thank you to everyone in the extra special thanks tier. Mark Fillion and Jay Holmes, you guys are awesome. Thank you so much. Paul? Yeah. The, um, <laughs> don't do a murder. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Thank you.